Welcome to the third episode of Lyrics for Lunch. This week we're going to be tackling a song by J.I.D. We also call him Jid. Um, in our first episode, we covered a song by one of my favorite artists, which is J. Cole. And then our second episode, we did a song that's both Tremaine and I's favorite. Um, now today, we're going to cover one of Tremaine's favorite artists, which is J.I.D. Um, I only felt like it was right for us to do a full 360 and doing these three episodes to start off the podcast or whatever. Um, I picked the song Slick Talk by J.I.D., produced by E. Wonder and Kenny Beats. The song was written by Chris Stowe, Kenny Beats, E. Wonder, and J.I.D. So let's start off with our summary of the song first, and then we'll begin with the rest of the song and dive right in. All right, so since it is the week of Thanksgiving and, you know, we're going to be talking about later on this week, things we are thankful for. This song is actually something I'm thankful for. It actually sparked the motivation for me to, for us to make a big life-changing event happen. When we were at J.I.D.'s concert out in New York, he preluded the song with a little speech in which he said, if you have anything that you're planning to do anything that's like in motion just activate it and that's how the song starts you hear him say you hear in the back like a little voice going activate 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 so i think that's just something that's just to start off the song (laughs) um so i am thankful for this song um for me i found the song kind of interesting because i feel like it's one of those few songs that you see where um JID kind of goes into his backstory and like what brought him to where he is now. So I found this song very interesting just because he switches between his wordplay and he also switches between like, you know, telling his story, which I found pretty awesome. Bring you to his roots. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we could start first with um verse one, I guess, kind of, because this song, it actually doesn't start with a chorus. It starts with um, kind of like an intro where it's that activate that Tremaine was talking about, and then from there it kind of goes into the first verse. It just dives right in. Yep. Um, So the first verse, he already starts it off with some very high-level wordplay. Because his first line after activation, activation, he goes, maturation, process, rap game too saturated. There is pretty much self-explanatory. He's talking about how, like, the rap game needs to be maturing, whereas right now it's saturated to the point where it's like all of these rappers that's just hair and they're taking up space pretty much. Yeah, like there's not room for more in a sense. Exactly. Um then he goes on he goes act me patient, act impatient, so complacent, comfortable, basic bowl of shit. <laughs> that's just a little crazy. So yeah. like <laughs> Just that wordplay right there, like an acne patient, acting patient. He he takes these words and 
he reuses it in a way where it's not being, I guess, too direct with being reused. So it's not it's not something that's lazy or boring the way that he's reusing the words in that one line. Yeah, he also kind of builds off the word. So he uses one word, and then from that word, he creates another phrase and another phrase and brings you to different places, which I find pretty interesting. And like, and that line alone, for me, also kind of stuck out because him saying someone that has acne, acting patient about it and just being complacent with where they're at. And all I can think about is like going to high school and... In high school, when everyone's going through all those hormone changes and all those things, and you will see people that have completely clear faces, and all of a sudden they got acne coming out everywhere up the wahoo. And it's kind of like they're just, it gives me that idea of just kind of like a child, like a teenager, you know, like with acne and trying to act patient, trying to um, be part, like be okay with the world, trying to fit in, in a sense. And that just feeding into them being way too complacent in the world, not going for what's theirs or for what they want. They're just going for what they think you should have by society standards. And then later on in the same verse, he goes, I know I'm feeling activated when I came in this bitch. Claiming a six, I don't care about, I don't care about being famous and shit. I feel like that's part of like what Zelda was saying about him kind of like taking us into his own world. Whereas, like, coming into the rap game, he's he's very talented, and I'm pretty sure he knows that himself, which is why he says he knows he's been feeling activated. So he's already coming in ready to just, like, blow it up. And then he follows with claiming the six, which is a term used from, that for, which is a term used about where he's from, and he says he don't care about being famous. So that just tells me that he's not in this rap game to be famous. He's in this rap game to share his story and in the process of sharing his story, make money off of it. Yeah, and right after that line, he also says, like, I I was a bad little never had. And then, like, nigga get the bag. So basically what he's saying is continuing off with where with what Tremaine was saying. He doesn't, he's not doing this for fame. He's doing this to rise above from where he came from, to do better. And to have what he didn't have before growing up. And he also throws in a little bit of humility when he follows that with, give it back to my fam. So it's not even like he's just here to make the money, no. He's here to make the money for his family. He's here to make sure that they're living right. Yeah, definitely. So you can tell that he definitely does look out for those that he considers to be close, for those he considers to be family, and that's very important for him, which is something that's huge because especially when you see a lot of people that make it in music, they'll talk about a lot of things that just became a part of their lifestyle once they started making money. But I I feel that there are very few artists that will actually be humble enough or actually call out where they came from and their roots and what made them who they are. So the fact that he's actually even bringing that up and mentioning that, it kind of, it shows the type of person that he is. Not just the type of rapper, but the type of person. And then he throws in some more of that 
wordplay, of course. Because after that, he goes, hope I don't get in a jam in a jam. Had a dream of being lamb in a lamb. For those of you who don't know, lamb can be considered a short term for Lamborghini. And that line there, I also feel like it's a nod to Cardi B as well. Because early last year, Cardi B also dropped a song in which she mentioned eating lamb in a lamb. And if you know from New York, eating lamb could just be eating halal food. <laughs> and it's pretty cool because that also shows a sort of humbleness in itself. Like to be eating halal food, which if you're not from New York City, I don't know if um, other places will do this or have halal food the way that they do in New York. But in New York City, you could go to like a corner store and like, you can go to like the corner and like go to a halal truck and get food for $6 at most places. So it's something that's pretty affordable, but being eaten in like an expensive vehicle, which is kind of like a play within itself. Yeah. And then that verse kind of ends with like, start scheming and you're going to die where you stand, but it cuts off there. And but that's one thing that I do like. One quick thing that I will say, though, is that he did quickly throw in a Martin reference, which was kind of funny, I found. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> so then, after that verse, you get a bit of a switch on the beat, and you get, like, this little interlude from a Jamaican DJ. Yeah, and basically he's just saying, like, you got to work hard for what you want. And then from there, he just jumps right back into verse two. So, verse two was a little tricky for me to break down just because there was so much wordplay and there were so many things. So, in the first half, I kind of tried to break down by groups of lyrics, like, you know, phrases that he was saying. But towards the end, I just, I, I couldn't do it, so I just had to summarize but um, towards the beginning, there was a part... Basically, he's just saying a lot of things. I feel that um, what I liked is that wordplay where he said, that slip talk followed by some stick talk, then sleep. And for those of you who don't know, stick talk is a term for weapons. Oh, which makes sense. I figured that it was... I had no clue what it was. But I figured that it was something like... Um, a fight or something like that which I found funny because when you look up like what a slick talk is or a slick talker is a person that can convince you to do anything basically like they can convince you to like sell their own clothes on your back even if you don't got any at home and then kind of comparing that to slick talk will get you into an argument to a heated fight literally and figuratively and then you kind of sleep it off and then it's done the next day. And I found that funny because the name of his song is also Slick Talk. So he's also mentioning in this verse that this song is bound to make some people upset. But it's fine because, you know, you'll sleep it off and you'll move on to the next. It's, and I it's think, not that big of a deal. I think that's what verse two is pretty much about. Because in verse two, he does mention he 
he does a little bit of he does some more play where he's like took my fifth loss this week big dog I could I could scratch that shit off like please so saying like although he may have taken an L he's just gonna get back up and he's gonna continue what he's doing and just as we go further into verse two it's more about like he talks more about make about this being a competition based thing and how he's trying to set the level higher than most others. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and he continues to to kind of give this idea when um, later on in the verse he'll say, he says, I got a lot of shit to say, but I'm going to keep my list short. My list short. I know a lot of your faves are not going to fuck with this part. So he's basically just saying like, what I have a lot of things to get off my chest, but I'm gonna try to you know ease up on that, and I know that some of those big names because that's what I take as favorites. A lot of people's favorites tend to be like big name artists that are mainstream, that are on the radio all the time, and things like that. So he's saying they're not gonna be happy with what he has to say, but it's not gonna stop him from saying what he's saying anyway. And then later on, he's he does say himself please know that I was trying to diss y'all so that alone that's just saying like don't take this for granted this is a track where it's gonna hurt your feelings and it's intended to do so yeah that's true and at that uh, first I um I was looking at the lyrics and I was like um Maybe they got the lyrics wrong. I checked like two other lyric websites and it was right. And I was just like, oh, so he really, he's really going in this. He's just like, I'm not confused with what I'm saying. Like, I'm not going to take this back. Like, it is what it is. Which. And then that comes back to the fact that this is a competition based because the very next line he says, because if this is a competition, then I'm setting this bar. Yeah, Literally. And not even setting this bar high, like, I'm setting it. <laughs> like, I am the limit. And then one of the lines he has that I really like is, he said, nigga said, J.I.D. so flame, so flame, I propane rap. So that, like, just me being as big of a fan of him as I am, just hearing that I, I'm visualizing a propane that just blows yeah basically and then like I said his earlier mention about claiming the six the six is East Atlanta and in the next line he does mention how that's where he's from in comparison with Gucci Mane and Travis Porter and then he brings you to the folktale where he says but my story is similar to the hare and the tortoise so his his road to the rap game was steady and slow and if you haven't heard of the hair and the tortoise the tortoise usually wins the race racing steady and slow well yeah I mean the whole premise of the, of the story because it's like an Aesop fable so it's like you learn a lesson from it so in the tortoise and the hare basically the hare is like all this big talk and he's just like I'm faster ha 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 and the tortoise is just like, sure, whatever. And the hare kind of wants to embarrass the tortoise in a way. 
and wants to like show off to his friends and say like, okay, I'm gonna beat you in a race. And the tortoise is just like, whatever, I'm just doing my own thing. When they go on the race, the hare, so feeling himself so much basically and thinking that he, that there's no way that he could lose, he ends up speeding really fast, but he stops and doesn't get all the way to the end because he thinks that he has time. And he talks to people, he wastes time, and the tortoise ends up beating him in the race. And then it brings a shock to his whole psyche because he thought, well, I'm the hare, I'm faster than you, you're just a tortoise. How did you beat me? But it's the whole idea that his cockiness got in the way of him actually winning. Because he thought so much of himself, he underestimated those around him. And then after that line, he says, Pen so sharp, told stories you thought I forged it. I feel like that's him saying, you may not believe my stories, but that's what I've been through. But it's also kind of a dig at some of these other rappers in the game because it's been very publicized that many rappers nowadays rap about a lifestyle that they're not used to. They use their music to speak on things that they haven't lived. Yeah, and it definitely shows um, in your music when you talk about things that aren't true. It's just like every, any other day if you're talking to somebody and you're getting to know them and they talk and they say something that you know is not possible, it's just going to make you doubt their credibility. It's just going to make you feel like that's not someone that you really want to be around. And that's what eventually I feel happens to rappers that try to rap about this lifestyle and try to create this whole image. If you steer too far away from who your true self is, it's going to be harder for you to find a stable fan base. It's going to be harder for you to find um, what you truly are looking for. You know, not just that fame, but the stability, but and also having just certain things assured for yourself. It's harder to do if the person you're presenting to your fans is not real. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then moving forward, you got any more you want to say about verse two? Yeah, I have like a little summary about verse two. All right, so go ahead. Okay, so verse two, there was one part that I also liked. So like I said, at one point I just gave up and I just did a whole summary because it was just too much. The lyric... The lyrics, the lyricism was way too much. So basically there's one part where he mentions um, fighting these demons, which sounds like depression, right? You have this whole idea that when people say that they're fighting demons, it's demons within their minds, you know, within their heads. Sometimes it could also be like physical, like in the physical world in the sense of negative energy, negative people that are around you, negative circumstances that happen to be around you. Um, so in this verse, I feel that the second half is kind of giving you insight on how he felt as a kid because he's also talking about how when he was in fourth grade, he never very curious George and things like this. So he's kind of giving like little insights, little like tidbits looking in, in here and there and saying that he's fighting these demons. And then um, it's kind of like he's saying he was trying really hard to get other people's attentions, you know, like yelling and things like that that he kind of alludes to in in the lyrics in the lyrics and it's like he reached a point where he could no longer try 
to get attention from others, he had to look at himself because he was too busy fighting the things within himself and he had to get himself right and he couldn't he had to stop focusing on everything else, on the white noise outside. Um and then you know, it's kind of like he needs to just like relax and um I don't know. In that that same line, because I did note that down, I wanted to touch on that as well. And after he says he's been fighting these demons, he mentions, man, this ain't never been easy. Maybe I just need a breather. And that's, that's like him saying, like, all right, I've been at this for so long. I need some way to, like, just let this out of my system. And I feel like he's doing that through his music. Yeah, and then the way he also ends the verse is basically saying, like, look, I just need to get these things off my chest. So whether you're hurt by it, you feel some type of way, that's you. But this is my outlet, and this is what I'm doing for me. Because he says, niggas know what I mean, but niggas don't know what I've been through. So if I offend you, then... And then he cuts into the chorus. (laughs) So it's kind of crazy because this song literally has a chorus, like close to the ending of the song already. And the chorus is kind of, is basically short and sweet. Um, he's basically just saying some people are trying to start issues, but it's I I took it as it's not nothing is going to happen and so he's pushed to it because of the way that it's worded. I think it's I think it's more of a like a a warning because he had guys who's willing to do that dirty work that you probably don't want to get caught in. You probably don't want to be a target for anyone in his crew. Because he says, my nigga's hands itching, finna rob something. And then you hear this chopped voice saying, better pray to God that he don't get you. So that's like... It's simple. Better pray that you're not part of that target, that you're not the one that they're aiming at. True. I agree with that too, but uh, the reason that I also said what I said, seeing the lyrics, is where specifically he says, um, I heard niggas looking for a problem, but we don't even move until the rent due. So it's like, you know how the rent is always due at the first of the month. So when you get closer to that date, you're basically scrambling around and making sure you tie all the loose ends. So it's kind of like that we're lying in wait until there's no other choice. True. And then that takes us into our final verse, which is kind of where he goes off towards the end, and you see a lot of the wordplay in action. But just to start off the third verse... Um, I like how he says, fuck what a nigga say, or look, my mama think I made it. So, for someone who's getting big, a lot of other rappers, they get their little shine and fame, and they're like, I made it. Here he's saying, my mother thinks I made it. So, in his mind, he hasn't made it yet. But his mother thinks he made it. So I think that's just another sign of, like, the humility that he has as a person. Oh, true. I actually took that line differently. I took it as, as long as his mom feels that he's made it, 
then he don't gotta worry about nobody else. Like, he's not doing this for other people's validation. As long as his mother feels that he's good and he's gotten out of, you know, what they've lived through or what they've seen, like, he's making a difference in his life, he's already made it. That is also another way of looking at it. I didn't look at it that way, <laughs> but that is true. Um, and then later on, not later on, but directly following, he shows a bit of thankfulness where he says, lift my head to the skies, I cry and begin prayer, thanks to the maker, got me out of an awful place. Now, not a lot of people have seen what he's seen. Not a lot of people have grew up in an environment that's nearly similar. But if you have, then you are, you will understand exactly what he means when he says, thanks to the maker, got me out of an awful place. Personally, I didn't grow up in the best area. So I know exactly what he means by that. Like, thank the Lord that I didn't become a product of my environment. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, growing up, sometimes I feel like it's very easy for you to fall into an idea where when you see all the people that you went to school with, all the people in your neighborhood that you grew up with, and you see them ending up taking certain roads, I feel like there's moments where you end up thinking that, you know what, that's going to be me too. And, I mean, that's just my life. So that kind of speaks volumes when he says, you know, thank you, I made it. Like, I'm out of a bad situation. And then he ties that up by saying, my nigga gone for 17 years like a cicada. And before this song, I didn't even know that that whole idea of cicadas being gone for 17 years was a thing. I heard that and I'm like, okay, what is that supposed to mean? So then when I went and I found out that it's believed that cicadas go into sleeping for 17 years before they reemerge in a certain area was a thing. So that, that was just something that I learned from the song too. Yeah. Well, I actually heard that. I remember that from fourth grade science, but definitely that was a smart way to put that in. And it also shows his education in a sense to know that. Yeah. Because not everyone would say, Oh, gone for 17 years. Like a cicada, like who would bring up an insect in the middle of a, ver of a verse. So that's pretty cool. And then right after that, he also follows it with more, more than a mo motivator for me to get off my anus, which feeds into the idea that that is what propelled him to not want to end up like that. Seeing what happened to other people that he grew up, you know, seeing a friend of his end up in jail made him feel like that is not going to be my life. That's enough for me to know this is not the life that I want for myself, and I got to get out. And then for those of you MMA fans, he does also mention Danny Maness. I do not know him. That's why I did not <laughs> mention that. <laughs> that also makes sense now. <laughs> I I only found out when we were dissecting the song who Danny Maness was. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I should probably look more things up. And um, then his next few lines I like because 
like I said, that's where some of the wordplay comes in. Because he says, put the pen pad to the paper, big mad with a painting brush, splish splash, drawing scenes from my dim lit past. So he's saying like, this right here, this craft that he's doing, he's painting that scene for you from his childhood, from his upbringing. He's giving you this story. He's showing you like this imagery and he's doing it through the type of art that he creates. Yeah, I really like that line just because the artistry that goes behind it and how visual it is to, you know, use a paintbrush, splish splash and all these things. You're kind of seeing like a whole picture come before your eyes, which I really like. And it's also showing that he was aware that he had an art in writing, in music, in making lyrics, in doing all these things. So when he was like, I need to get off my ass and basically start doing my thing, this is, that's where he went to, you know, which I found pretty cool. And then this next part is where he really goes off with the wordplay. I'm not even going to go into it. Like, I wouldn't even do it justice. You need to hit a song in order to just catch the brilliance that is. But in the next part, he does mention, like, who's your list, your top ten? You can say whoever better than. I'm ready now. I was ready then. That That's pretty much just him saying, like, listen, I know I'm good, and I'm ready to take on whoever you think is good, so bring them my way. It's him saying, like, I know that I am talented. So he throws a little bit of his humility into the song, but then he also gets a little a little cocky, a little confident with it. Yeah, definitely. And then in that next part, he just basically goes on. And it's just, it's just insane. He just basically makes a whole story for him and the rap game and their whole relationship together. And whole getting married and having a kid and all this stuff and literally you really do need to listen to it but listening to that part what I got from it the more that I looked at it um, not just the visual of like you know on the money pile doing doggy style but I feel that it was also the whole idea that he's saying he married the rap game like he was committed he was committed to the rap game. He was committed to what he was doing to that art. But as he spent time with it, it's like his product that was the product that was put out into the world was not what he was expecting of it. It's not something that he okayed. It's not something that he verified that it's not something that he wanted. It wasn't a representation of him, which is where he's saying, that's not my son. And then wanting a divorce, but wanting to keep all of the things. The cars, the yeah. clothes. And, and it's the sense of you want to separate yourself from what no longer makes you you, but you still want to keep the fruits of your labor. That's I, what I took. But I also like how it's not necessarily him trying to pull himself away from the game because later on towards the very end of the verse... He says, but I got to kill her like a fucking dealer. Meaning like, yes, the rap game did me dirty like this, but now I got to kill it. 
So he's not trying, I don't think he's trying to pull away. I think he's just trying to like, he's trying to destroy the rap game through his craft instead. True. Because I mean, he's, he's still very new in the rap game to be mentioning how he may want to leave the rap game. I feel like he still has a lot of, a lot of work that he can do in the rap game. Yeah, but where I said leaving the rap game, I didn't mean he's actually leaving the rap game. I meant in the actual verse, he says, the rap game in a wedding gown, she gave me a ring. So he's getting married to the rap game. And then he says, oh, um, that's not my child. The re- like I'm talking loud, the results are found. We're divorcing now. So he's basically saying that he's separating from it. But at the same time, I was going to continue. After that, he also says, you broke my heart. I'm reorganizing. So he's saying that he wants all these things and he wants a divorce. But at the same time, he's not ready to completely wipe it out of its life. He's more so trying to rebuild himself in a way that he sees himself more. His true self more. So... He gave his everything to something else, but now he's trying to start again at square one and kind of rebuild from there. And then to pretty much finish out the verse before it goes back into the chorus, he says, what else should I kill a rapper because I could have done a nigga this a gun and a bullet? And what I got from that is pretty much like his words, his flow, his the way he creates his music that's his weapon. That's yeah. how he's going to kill it. I took the same thing. I took that, you know, the gun and the bullet are his words, his lyrics, you know, his slick talk. And just the way that he kind of puts all those words together, the way that he kind of says everything. And then it just goes back into the chorus before heading to the outro which is pretty much just some people shooting their shit talking to talk trying to claim that there's no cap and for those of you who know or those of you who don't no cap means like no lie <laughs> like I'm telling the truth <laughs> yeah he's basically saying like I say the truth I'm not lying I'm not fluffing it for anybody but um so that was slick talk that was an intense song i swear i while i was breaking those lyrics down i literally hit a point where i was just like i can't even i can't even do a lyric by lyric i'm just gonna do a full-on summary for like a certain section and hope for the best and work from there because his bouncing back of like different um connections that he makes and his wordplay is just too is too much and there's so many different things within a phrase where he's trying to say something so he may have one message but within that message he's giving you so many different references and doing so many of these plays on words and one word to another word and it's a lot but it's pretty great I know that I suggested this last week but again if you have not heard of this song you definitely should Add this song to your playlist, listen to it, hey, dissect it, 
comment on what you heard us say, add on anything that you think, or hey, if you think that maybe we missed something or you totally see something in a different light, you could totally share that too. Because there's a lot of times when we're breaking down songs, we've been waiting until the moment that we're talking on it because we realize that sometimes we'll have different views and we don't want our views to influence the other and how we think about the song until we're actually talking about it. And also feel free to follow us on Twitter at Lyrics for Lunch and or email us at lyricsforlunch at gmail.com. Yes. Twitter is Lyrics for Lunch, L-Y-R-I-C-S, the number four, and then Lunch, L-U-N-C-H. Yep, and the same goes for the email too. So the four is an actual number four. So this is our Thanksgiving episode. Hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. Hope you're all thankful. Stay thankful. (laughs) Stay thankful. (laughs) And all right, have a great week. We're out.